Yes, yes, yes. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> welcome back to another episode of It's Not That Deep Bro. And we're back. Episode 28. That gets me every single time. That's right. That's right. You've got it down now. Like, you just press a button in your head and you just start reeling it off. I can tell. Mm hmm. It's uh, real. It's become a. Don't real, you forget it, bro. It's become a real part of your character. It's, it's every episode from now on. And this is episode twenty-eight. This is episode twenty-eight. We're hitting the Randy Master four thousand. Four thousand. <laughs> Martin, will you do the honors? Uh, no, I'll let you do it, bro. Okay, I'll give, let you do it. Well, give me a countdown then, at least two. Nah, before that. To everyone that's listening, we have a new bit of tech. Oh, yeah, for the new listeners. That that's right. Aren't aware of the Randy Master Apple script that we use to randomly select our film from a curated selection that I've uh, put together. Yep. You ready? And Martin's going to give me a five, four, three. Two, one. And the film that we are watching this week on It's Not That Deep Bro is Tam Popo. From, Tam Popo. From 1985. Let's get a quick direct check. Go on, hit it. Are you ready for Tam Popo, Martin? No. It's, com it's coming to you. It's coming to a theatre. Theatre. A theatre <laughs> near you. So, the internet's being slow right now. We'll report back on the director. Let, 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 let me get it up, bro. Oh, Martin's on it. Martin's on it. Right. How'd you spell it? T-A-M-P-O-P-O. Yeah. <laughs> Bless you. Thank you. The director is Juzo Itami. Juzo Itami. Yeah. Well, there you go. So, strap in and <laughs> saddle up for a uh, <laughs> exciting journey with Tampopo, and we'll see you on the other side. Get yourself an easy chair, something to drink, and a copy of Tampopo. You've taken my line. Well, you didn't say it. That's what I, yeah, but it should be my decision when I say it. You know, I was saving it for, I didn't want it to become worn out. Um, <laughs> it's happening now. Every time you don't say it. I'm wearing it I out, will. bro. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, let's get on with it. Tom Popo. Piping hot in this motherfucker right now. 
Oh yes, we've just finished watching Tan Popo. Pipe down, Sydney. by Juzo. Uh, Go on. I'm forgetting his last name. Pipe down, Sydney. I've got the clam pots. What did you think of that? Wow, it was a great film. You thought? Some be- yeah, I thought it was a great film. Good, man. I'm so, glad. Some- okay. First off, what the fuck is going on with, like, there's about three to four different plot points. Well, okay. Wait, wait, all wait. fucking happening uh, at the same time. Yeah. This shit is crazy, so, man. It's crazy, <laughs> okay? I've well, never seen a film so fucking crazy. To, That's a big uh, like, statement, Martin. Uh, look, look. Holy Mountain was... Like big oh, statement, shit. But this is like, what the fuck? Well, my take on what it was trying to do was that it was using all the weapons a filmmaker has as it as at their disposal. It was like a classic cowboy western film at heart. Like that was the <laughs> like it. It relied on lots of different tropes. Um, that have been predominant throughout Hollywood and filmmaking. It was very American at times, like in its yeah in the techniques that were being used, like the whole cowboy, like uh, Goro turning up. He's always got us. Uh, there's there's there were lots of different triggers to tell you what this film was trying to do. And Goro is mysterious. He turns up. He's always got a cigarette on. He wears his cowboy hat in the bath. He's He's a ludicrous. <laughs> he's a he's a ludicrous. That got me as soon as that happened. I'm like, he's wearing a hat in a bath. Which what gets me the most is that he takes it off to wash his hair, then puts a hat back on like it's not wet. Because he's a badass what man. What the fuck, bro? He's a cowboy. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. This film had me like. On some next level, like at the basis of the whole film, you've got this like... story about Goro trying to help out Tom uh, Tampopo because she has a dream and she's just a little unconfident to step out of her shell and kind of embrace it. And Goro really facilitates her stepping into her own special ability her ladder as she before called it. we get into it before before we get into it one question is on my mind hit me did they forget to do the original job what original job to deliver that tanker that they had it was that <laughs> at the beginning he, it says i want to get this done and then get something to eat doesn't he yeah, but he he's like, oh, your damn book is um, making me hungry. We have to stop. So they stop before they finish so, the job. So that even adds more to the mystique of Goro and this Wild West character. So you've got that on paper just there is quite a simple story. You know, these two guys that stop and help out a lady set up a for months not like a noodle well it's it's <laughs> not like a couple of days nah months it's fantastical in its in its storytelling but it, it it's a story with a beginning middle and end on paper but what's like incredible what i th- thought was incredible about this film is that as you say it weaves in 
Well, it kind of takes walks at points. Oh, walks, mate. These are like... These aren't walks. These are runs, bro. Like, it's completely going nowhere. Something like, will what? be... Well, it all just tie in because I think, really, the main character of this film was food. And I may even... T- yeah. I may even take that another step further and say that the human senses were the real character of this film. If that makes sense. You're going to have to explain that one to me. So... As I was saying a second ago, this film takes walks from the normal narrative. That you have this thing that's going on with Tam Popo and her noodle business, but at several points during the film, the camera literally just drifts away from that narrative and attaches itself to a pedestrian, a bystander, some other action that's happening in the background of the scene. And I love the way that they oh, go the from... Way it transitions. It, ooh, oh, it's wonderful, crazy. Wonderful stuff. But th- what is shown in these scenes can or could be construed as... Well, it's a very fitting film for this podcast because they could be construed as weird for the sake of being weird like what is the point in this distraction from tampopo and her noodle uh aspirations yeah (laughs) aspiring empire um and that is where my statement about food and the senses being the main character come in because this film is really showing many different approaches how a human being approaches a meal can tell you a lot about how what their approach to life is. You think so? Yeah, because you see several different individuals consuming food. That is basically what these I, I distractions can, yeah. are. And, and you can well, you even like um, when them guys were helping her, and they're like, "Oh, this is not good." Each one had their own way of eating the the noodles. Yeah, so. It's a very personal thing, eating food. To eat food with people is a very... It's a bonding experience for the people that you eat the food with. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Even if you're just having a takeaway, that's like a very diluted version of it. But if you're all sat around a table and it's a proper meal, you you have a connection with the people that you eat with. of course, yeah. And that's why like business meetings are conducted at restaurants and stuff like that because it sets... It's like a grounding, a central thing that all these different individuals can can contribute to so oh every every single every single scene that was out of town Popo's range out of out of the narrative uh, yeah other than that out of the narrative i just what was the point Honestly. So this is this them, is what I'm explaining that to some like, of them like they're showing you different walks of life and their approaches to food and how that affects their life. You've got the bold uh elderly gentleman who um whilst he isn't in a rush uh physically at this point in his life, the way that he approaches his meal suggests that he is in quite a, des- a desperate mindset. You know what I mean? He was very quick to eat the food, the one who chokes on the pork. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yes, he's slow to walk in the restaurant, but what does that suggest? Maybe he's led a life that's too fast, and now he's had something happen to him physically where he's slower, and that's mirrored in the way that he eats his food. Still too quick, and he chokes. Mm-hmm. So, and 
that takes a while to happen. You know, you see uh, Tampopo's party and Goro, they're, they're peeking around the curtain, looking at him like, oh, God, he's eating very loudly. Yeah, yeah. And with little care or respect. So there's that scene at the beginning, and I couldn't even tell you what the continuity, who was that master at the beginning that was explaining how to eat noodles properly? What relation did he have to anyone? <laughs> Nothing. So who was the dude sat next to so, him? That wasn't okay. Goro. Who? That was, no. Who was the younger kid? So... This is what's like felt really interesting to me because, mm. like, at the start, it's that guy talking to us watching the film, in, and he's like, In the movie, yeah, in the movie, like, Oh, so you're watching a film, you're too? watching a film, are you? Oh, okay, yeah, and then he just goes into the film. It's like the, he's watching a film, then in the film. A story is being it's like, uh, given. It's like Inland, Inception. It's fucking Inland Empire, man. You, Bro, you like, need to I just Inland Empire. David Lynch does something very similar with the co with the concept of film and like narrative. Because the, I was trying to so, think: is this film a, a linear film? So what's happening is the the reason that old guy and younger guy yeah. teaching <laughs> teaching. That older gentleman is teaching the younger guy mm. about noodles is because he's reading it from a book. So oh, a yeah, he's reading in it. in a book. Yeah, he's reading it to his kid before they go to sleep. No. No? No. Gun is reading it to Goro. In the lorry, in the lorry of the tanker that they're pulling. At the start, yeah, at the yeah. start. So okay. they're like, ah, oh, your fucking story is making me more hungry. Which... It's the whole. It's the whole film we're watching at the moment. It just makes you so fucking well, hungry. That, that's quite good. What you just said there, Martin. That they're reading a story, and it is that story that makes them hungry, that triggers them to meet Tampopo. Yeah. So that kind of like tells you what the movie's about, right there. Like it's about food and the From respect, the, yeah. the soul. That's meant to be in it. There, there was a see, you can see in one of the scenes where he he's like, "Oh, that's not good," and he's like, "What do you mean? Yeah, the water's not boiling." So yeah, and that's a great message. He says that to Tampopo. He says, "Look, he's drinking the soup. That's bad." And she's yeah. like, "Why is that bad? We shouldn't be able to drink the soup. It should be yes. boiling." Yeah, yeah. So, and with the master at the beginning explaining all the little. You've got this eager, oh, yeah. eager young go-getter that just, just wants to rip into in. it, which yeah. it, I can empathise with. You know, I think a, that kind of attitude is prevalent in our culture a lot. Fast food culture, you know, there's not much kind of respect around consuming your meals. So this man is explaining, you know, look at the little jewels of fat that have accumulated on top of the water. Look at the way that the pork like the the fat runs through the pork look at the way that the the spring onions have been cut and torn and just respect every single element of the dish and what like it how, is i like how he's like apologize to the pork yeah apologize to the pork and think about that you know that's a very and they'll be like, I'll be there soon. Eastern way of considering your your animal products. There's a greater respect surrounding the whole thing. And respect is just a large theme throughout the film. Um, you've got that. It reminds another one of these weird little walk-off scenes is a 
selection of businessmen, and one of them has a, uh, a like a younger protege that is. I think is his son. Could be a son, could be an I mean, apprentice, yeah, or just like a, a younger protege was just the word uh, that I went with because he's carrying all the books and he, he's kind of following behind all the businessmen as they file into this room to eat dinner and he, he like drops all the books as they walk in. But as the waiter goes around the table, all the businessmen make terribly informed choices. They all make the same choice. Do they all make exactly the exactly same choice the with the beer? Choice. See, I, I didn't yeah. even, I didn't pick, 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 beer, pick up on that. The, the, uh, A beer. Soul and um, uh, whether it's salad or... Yeah. noodles and they like and they none of them wanted the salad with it either no, did they? Like, yeah. no salad and then the the youngling goes and has a vast knowledge of you know the entire menu and manages to uh, pick some dishes that are paired perfectly with a, a very well chosen champagne and that again it's a matter of how those older men have lost respect for the process that was yeah. showing they just want food to for nourishment yeah now as as quick as it well it's an addition to their business meeting mm -hmm. because he you can see that this young boy gets uh quite the harsh treatment possibly yeah because in in respects something that's huge in eastern japanese chinese culture anyway there's a there's a hell of a lot more respect just in their every day-to-day -day life you know compared to the west there's a lot of uh I suppose discipline is focused on a lot more and that, I don't know, perceptions of the East are kind of difficult to gauge accurately from, I've never been, you know, any, yeah. any more East than bloody Austria. So yeah. it's like... Do you, do you know the reason why they use chopsticks? Like, I actually don't. Me, neither do I. But it has something to do with respect. Cutting yeah, up and stabbing and all of that. Yeah. that it doesn't sound like they're yeah. down with that sort of thing. Chopsticks is a lot more. Do you think that's why they eat a lot more noodles? Because obviously rice is quite a lot like... When they cook rice, you could see it. And you, you made this point a second ago. Um, this film will make you hungry. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Straight up. Very hungry. Just up. Everything about it, I'm like, I want. Like, noodles. I don't even. I'm not. The, I want the fucking. I'm not the biggest sake. fan of like noodles, and I know you're. Yeah, another thing we learned from this film is that ramen literally means noodles. So over here, <laughs> we are calling noodles, 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 ramen noodles. We're calling ramen noodles, but in translation, it's just noodles, noodles. They must think we're idiots. That's like the <laughs> stupidest thing. Look, we probably are. To be honest, but yeah, I'm They've not. Got way more respect for food than we have. I'm not the biggest fan, or I just haven't had the opportunity to try much good ramen. To be perfectly honest with you, and this film made me want to dive into that world. Those little dumplings. When he took, I oh, love the little Jesus. pots. Everything comes in. They'll put yeah. like, all these pots down. You take the lids off. They look like little temples. The pots do. It's, mm -hmm. it's just, oh, going to like. Eating a yo sushi, I miss it. Ah, oh, it's so good. And sitting down at those so low good. tables, having the food at that level, again, it would be like a whole different thing. You'd be looking at it more. Mm -hmm. the, the the whole, I actually really, 
really rate the whole attitude towards food. And I mean, this film is packed full of, and it, this film wasn't afraid to pull any punches, you know? Mm-hmm. It got weird. It did get weird. It, and I like that in a film it, because the story at heart was like a real heartwarming Hollywood tale. You know what I mean? It was it was fairy tale with Goro and Tampopo. Their, their whole tale was very whimsical, whereas then you've got this scene where it is literally two lovers trading an egg yolk from mouth to mouth. Just, oh my God. That guy, but to be honest, he he had uh, sort of like a food fetish. Well, there is a previous scene of them before doing, I guess you'd call it more traditional food fetish acts, like, uh, you know, whipped creams involved. Um, yeah. That that You've seen that, like in a TV show or something mm-hmm. like that, where a food fetish is bought up. But the egg yolk scene was particularly, that could have been like, we never aired the short film episode, but that could be like some Stan Brackage, Water Baby. Yeah. It was on that level of abstract, wasn't it? Oh, my goodness. We'll have to go back to Mr. Brackage and his... Uh... I can't, bro. I can't <laughs> do that. I cannot. Did you... Seeing it once was bad enough. Come on. You might have to see that in real life one day. What? You might have to see that in real life one day. No, look. It's not going to be the same way that the video was made. It's going to be all one go. Like, it's not going to be like, you know what? Window, water, baby, rising. Rising? Baby moving. Or is it moving, not rising? (laughs) Yeah. Window, water, baby moving by Stan Brackage. Everybody go check that short film out. (laughs) Look. Okay. If you want to see... No, 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 don't ruin it for them. No, (laughs) listen, listen. If you want to see something that may or may not be in your near future, then please go watch it. If not, um, just don't dip your toes in that pond. (laughs) Obviously, our viewing of it left Martin with some deep rooted issues but this film like rooted issues seems very harsh I'm, there was no rooted issues I'm i just, am uh being facetious martin we sh- we I, okay sh- you should never uh over <laughs> respond to my facetiousness don't worry I'm, which is it's fair well, i'm just saying like it's it's strange so this film like can get as weird as as uh, mr brackage's work and i like the juxtaposition between the the, the very normal narrative that of Tampopo's noodle store mixed with these abstract scenes that comment on the whole process that Tampopo's going through and what she it's like over exaggerations of mental lessons that she would have to learn in learning how to be the best noodle cook. You know? Do you think do you think them scenes with the whole, like, the old lady scene. How? Oh, hang on, old lady, old lady, where are we? Probably halfway through the film. Old lady, oh no, three quarters. Of What's the going way. on with the old lady? She's just touching food. Oh, yeah, the old lady. So um, we've got her. 
She she is fascinated. So the first thing, this is, an, again, another one of the abstract scenes, and it's a lady in a supermarket. And, again, it's, it's over-exaggerated, like all of these abstract scenes. But if you go in abstract, you've kind of got to over-exaggerate to make yeah. a point. Yeah, you yeah, know yeah. what I mean? So the first thing she picks up is a peach. Is that a peach? Nectarine, peach, whatever you want to call it. Soft fruit. Yeah. Let's just say that to pacify any uh, naysayers. Um, and what she's doing is she's checking it for quality. And she's squeezing it. But she's quite old, you can see. She's a little bit batty, and she's over-checking. She's too worried that everything's not going to be of a high quality. Yeah. So she's just crushing everything, basically. And the owner of the shop then sees her doing this, and there's a comedic kind of almost Scooby-Doo, Benny Hill-esque kind of <laughs> montage of them running around the shop. She's grabbing things, and just as he runs around the corner, she slips away. It were, it's very cheeky, very innocent, um, which, I, you know, I love how you can go from food fetish, egg mouth swapping to a scene as innocent as that. Even the music was like... <laughs> <laughs> like the... the, the um... But them scene, that that scene mm. is just one of like probably four other scenes that don't really have anything to do with like the main plot. In in a way of like it doesn't benefit the plot, but like the showing the audience so the overprotective uh, the over like so if Tampopo Tampopo can woman. could not end up like that woman if she wanted to achieve her dreams because you can't worry that was a big part of Tampopo um something she had to get over was the fact that she worried so much about what others thought about her noodles yeah and she you have to have a certain there was a bit a really good bit that showed this actually where she was cutting bones and she was using like yeah. a knife and she was trying to like slice through them like you would with a saw. No, nah, she was, I think she was just trying to like uh, ha, uh, put a. A score. Yeah, like a. Well, like I'm scratching it. Well, so I, then it's easier to cut it. So it's. Because uh, I think if you cut it just. You might as chip. It is. Chips yeah, might fly, yeah. yeah. Well, th yeah, that is a good point. But I. <laughs> the way I took that scene was that she was getting more confident. Inner abilities, yeah. okay. you know, um, and I, I can see that. Yeah, I think that that all those, all those, all those, I'll call them allegorical scenes. Allegory is just when you you tell a story that has a meaning. Mm -hmm. Slow and steady wins the race. Hare and the tortoise. That's yeah. like an allegorical story. But in, that's I love allegory. You know that that is what I'm. Anything that tells us a story that has a moral. That's why, like, we started doing the podcast because I was like, what? some stories have reasons to them, and that they're allegories, I suppose. Um, but all those abstract scenes, you can come out of them with one sentence that Tampopo has to learn, basically, and go through mentally. Um. Okay. What about the dentist scene? I just need to think about the uh, the setup. <laughs> Every everyone you uh, you bring up, it's like, hang on, where are we in the film and what's going on? Because it's so they're so random. Uh, so I remember. Yeah, exactly. They're all random. It's like obviously 
Some of them just like as they're doing shit, just transitions easy, like he's so e- easy. So it's a guy and he's eating, isn't he? Um, uh, when the no, tooth he's starts on a train. to, hurt. yeah, he's on a train and a woman comes up to him yeah. with some food. Yeah, um, he starts eating. All of a sudden, real bad pain. Needs to go to the dentist straight away. And in his mouth was an abscess that made all the people in the room recoil apart from him. Yeah. So I guess the moral of that story would be... Yeah, I've not fully worked them all out, but I realized as the film was happening that this is what was happening. But it, it, yeah, it, yeah, it, yeah. it's like when you're in that noodle bar uh, when Tam Popa was... Um, in the train station noodle bar learning um, to remember what everyone ordered. It's like that with the scenes, trying to remember what all the... It's a really fucking good film because it's layered. It's it's like worth a second viewing just to go back and go through these abstract scenes. But the the fact that he had something in his mouth that smelt that bad, but he didn't realise it. But they didn't realise it till they drew... Until, yeah. So, but there is... There is something to that is where I go with that one, but I'd need to have a second view. Yeah, or I'm. I know this will be one of those films that I will, when I leave here, you know, be doing the the rounds on because it's it's fascinated mm-hmm. my interest. I I will be on the Reddit and the Letterboxd and because it it showed a very high level of awareness of cinema and visual storytelling. It was really fantastic the one that uh stuck with me the most was the mum oh my goodness this guy comes running past oh my that that happens as um they're outside for some reason aren't they no well they are Uh, because he runs outside past them in the dark it it goes it's so weird because it happens you know that scene with the old woman yeah she's at the shop yeah the the owner of that um supermarket supermarket goes to a restaurant he looks at a guy right? <laughs> yeah yeah so he looks at this guy that's involved in this thing that he's he he's pretending to be a professor and he's yeah, a, a famous he's, professor he's about to get kidnapped by another guy the yeah. guy that he's eating dinner with is about to kidnap him to to so he can because he give ha- him all the a load of, all yeah a load of money yeah then this guy he's not actually a professor he's pretending to be a professor yeah. robs the guy that's about to kidnap him but as he robs the guy he's arrested yeah <laughs> The scenes, bro, are mental. Um, so then what happens then is... They go outside and they, he runs past. Yeah, the guy... Yeah. What's, what's weird about that scene is the whole fact that, like, before you can, like... Before you knew that he was going to go past these guys, mm. they start, like, fidgeting, like, oh, my God. Like... Like somebody's coming towards them to like kill him, mm. but the guy just runs past. Runs straight past. Just straight. Past. I love that. There was another bit that was a bit like that. Um, well, hang on, hang trying... on. Wait, wait, wait. Let, let's talk about the Which mother first. What? Let's talk about the mother first. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So this guy runs all the way back home, <laughs> and he's running because his wife is in a very uh, 
bad condition, nearly on the verge of death. And all the children are there, the priests in the room, ready to call the time of death. And as a last-ditch attempt, and th- it shows how important food is to a family yeah. and how important the role of mother is. Yeah. Um, Seems a bit sexist at the time, but... I mean, it's 1985, and people do what they want. Like, uh, you're going to get offended by this, like... I don't oh, know. No, the, no, I'm not. Not you personally. I'm just saying anyone. Like, uh, does these roles exist in history? Like, and we can't do anything about that at this point. Yeah. So, I'm not, you know, going to dance around it. She, the fact that she is a mother to these children and a wife, and you know the the line between mother and wife is blurred. You, that's what you'll find. Uh, loads of failed marriages fail because the, the woman would say that the man had mummy issues. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. it the that line will forever be blurred, and I imagine it's blurred for an actual woman themselves because you have to define yourself as the child that you are, the daughter of somebody. You have to define yourself as the woman that you are, and you feel that you are, and then you, if you, it so in are inclined to do so, consider yourself a mother. And they're all three different roles. And it's just like being a man and a boy and a father. Yeah. You know, you have to... They're three different things. And this lady has... The the fact that she is the mother and the wife, you can tell it's like the glue to the family. Hot, yeah. You can tell yeah. that it, it plays such a huge role. And the fact... Just before... Just like... Just because of what he says, it's just straight away. You're well, like, he says, holy shit. Well, he says, go... Go and make dinner. Yeah. And she goes and does it. And it, it's horrible. The way her neck was like, she was like hunched over, yeah. like cutting she the onions. I'm like, bro, wh- what are you doing? But, this is like. But then it, it's nice because the kids get all the bowls ready and they sit down and she she f- starts serving up. But she, and there's this one moment where she looks at her family enjoying the food mm-hmm. and she smiles. And then she dies. Yeah. Um, and the dad, you know, it's a typical response to a death, you know, straight up tears. And the dad shouts at the children, you know, finish the bowl. It's your mother's last meal. Eat it while it's warm. Um, and again, that's just a, another nail in the coffin for how important food is. Uh, and the respect that goes around it, the, the kind of and the rituals that surround food, they bring you together. It, it It's a mad topic to think about because food... The, you never think about food as much anymore as these people, obviously. Well, the whole thing about finishing the bowl, you know, that, that I know from my own mother <laughs> that she is yeah. incredibly... Um conscious of if I finished the plate, you know, and if I enjoyed it and she wanted to know and it's not just, was it good? Like, what was good about it? And, you know, that there's a... I do that so much. My mum would always ask me, how was it? And I'm like, yeah, it was alright. All the time. It's like, now we want to know and that that shines through in this film. There's something to do with food and love. Because you can you can taste it doesn't matter what 
really to me what the dish is if it's cooked with love i'll eat it straight up and it's like uh, it's like i say with youtube videos as long as the persian person persian as long as the persian as long as the person is um passionate about what they're talking about they can talk about anything i watch people talk about world war one ration packs but they're talking about it with such a zest that I'm fascinated. So it's the same with food. I I do genuinely believe, really, as long as you're not trying to kill me or poison me, that if you have done it with purpose, respect, and love, then I'm I'm probably going to taste that. You know, it's probably going to come off that way. And, you know, in in wrapping this up, the, the last scene, to me, is the icing on the cake because it, it says it all. That is like the the closest connection to all of those things that I just spoke about, like motherhood, uh, comfort, um, being catered for would be the baby sucking on the teat of the woman. Yeah. I mean, that's a pretty... It's blunt and it's abstract, but it, it serves its purpose. <laughs> it will make people laugh. It Pretty will make crazy people. Ending. Yeah, that's Pretty what I mean. Crazy ending. It, you know, if that if you were like a young filmmaker making that, that's a pretty good way to end a film. Like you, you'd have them um, with raised eyebrows at the end of the film, mm-hmm. which is what you know. What do you want as a filmmaker? Do you want people to be like, "That was a nice ending. Didn't shock me or surprise me," and like not remember it? Like you'll remember that ending. I'll remember that ending. Mm, I mean, I fucking make sure you won't forget it, mate. Don't you worry. Uh, <laughs> then I won't forget it if you if you're saying that. But if you're like, if you never mention it again, I probably will. Not gonna lie, because although it was strange, it, it's not like the strangest ending I've seen. Well, so I, I never said the it was the craziest strange- film I've seen. I can tell you that so far. So so then you'll probably remember the ending. I'm not like completely wrong in that you may remember the ending of that film. <laughs> yeah, but the ending compared to like the whole film isn't as weird. Do you know what I mean? Like I will remember her running around this guy while he's in a bike and he's like, oh, why am I doing this? Then the businessman comes back. Do you remember that bit? Yeah, I was going to bring that up earlier. When the businessmen all walked past, I remember paying more attention. I saw the businessmen coming. Yeah. And I, I, yeah. I was like watching them more than what yeah, was. Yeah, well, I, nah, I, I, already I didn't even knew look that. at it that much, but I knew for a fact I was like, they're, what are they going to do? Are they going to mm. say something? In like old Tom and Jerry cartoons, something I remember me and my sister picked up on because we used to watch a lot of them when we were younger. If there's like a hammer in the or a broom in the background of the scene that Tom's gonna hit Jerry with, mm-hmm. it's animated differently. Yeah, yeah to yeah, everything yeah. else. Same with games. Yeah, probably the same with games. There'll yeah, be like a light games. around it, or like it would just be lighted differently. because yeah, it's a usable there object. There would be like so, especially if you like needed to go to a secret area, mm. and there was a wall. The wall. the wall will look different. That's yeah, classic Sonic. Yeah, yeah. Just a little, it's like a little wink. Like, go on, try it. Yeah, see what happens. Yeah, so that is the same sort of feeling. You pay attention to the whole of this film because it could literally go off in any direction. Yeah. Sort of thing. Um, 
And then you definitely have to see it a second time. Well, we've not everything. There's a narrative we've not even spoken about really, and that is like the guy from the beginning. You see him in the movie theater. I know. And he's like berating people for eating crisps and ruffling packages in the audience. Then you see him (laughs) eating an oyster. Wait, 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 wait. What makes it so good, like that scene so good, Mm. is that that's the start. And that's how like every cinema is at the beginning. Mm. They're always telling you, don't eat. Well, you get that like, or like in the adverts. Yeah. So like you're basically the t- the first 10 minutes, you're watching an advert for the film that you're about to watch. But then you get into the film and the film is telling a story in a book. But he's it, also... There's so many different like... Again, what, everything he says in that first scene pertains to respect. Yeah. It's yeah. like we're about to consume something. And when I like, when I consume this thing, I don't like these things happening which is very much in line with like the rest of the film and its attitude to food. Um, but then you, this guy fascinates me because he, he crops up a few times in the film and you never really find out who he is other than like, I suppose the n- quasi narrate narrator of the whole thing, but it, it it's a very abstract really narration. Na- well, uh, yeah, he's like the guide. The he's, yeah. he's like the orchestrator of the whole thing purely because you see him at the beginning and you know that he's the watcher. Yeah. So when he shows up, you know that he's separate to the rest of the story sort mm-hmm. of thing. So you see him, you learn, you don't learn this until the end of this specific scene, but there is a group of girls that are collecting oysters. It's, that's not the second scene. That's There's the another scene. scene with this guy as well. Yeah, before that. Okay. Yeah, where they're, they're making fetish love. Oh, is that him too? Yeah. Is that him the, yeah. with the food fetish? Yeah. Okay, that's interesting. He's the guy <laughs> with the food fetish, yeah. So, you've got him as the food fetishes as well. You've got him eating oysters on the beach. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you've got him at the end. There's so many more. So many more. Yeah, there's about three more that you've missed. Hit me up. What's he doing? Um, oh, what is it? See, I'm forgetting a little bit here. Um... What are you doing? Just moving a g- guitar, man. Don't worry. Oh, okay. Gotta just wait for you there. No. I'm still hearing what this man in the white suit does in this scene that I forgot. Mm, but you can't even remember. No, I can't. I don't even know why. Because he's... He's he, he's also, like, at a restaurant. Beforehand. And he's also um oh, what did he, what else did he do? Well he did two other things, but I can't remember what they are. Either way, that it, it just swings home how much this film requires a second viewing. But by the end of the film, he There's so much crazy things going on that it's hard to like pinpoint everything about all the narratives. Because yeah. I, I it Something I was thinking about for the whole film is this this a linear film. It has time flowed as it should for the whole film. I mean, I feel like, e- like you said, each scene has it pertains into like a... Its own 
bit of time. But then I don't know if it does. It seems to all flow as it should. Do you so know what? Does I, that make I it? I can't think... Yeah, that would make it a linear film. Yeah. I, I can't think of a point... Apart from the beginning where we don't... This is what I'm saying. This guy, the food fetish guy, the guy at the cinema and the guy at the end seems separate. He's like an alien to everyone else. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. His storyline is the only one that is like definitively separate from everything else. Tampopo, all the all the other scenes that are like... Um, the dentist, the mother... The, they all tie into Tampopo's yeah. thing, even if they're just like pedestrians. And te technically, his, that his last scene does do that, but he's getting shot. By an unknown person. By unknown. So that's what I, it's still like a weird... There's still a weirdness to that's his... That's what I'm saying, like... To his presence. These scenes are out, like... He, he's a general, a genuine enigma. And what he was saying at the end... Um, I need to think. What was he saying at the end to the girl? <laughs> he was saying, have I told you? Oh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. He was talking about catching wild boars in the winter and how they can <laughs> only dig up yams to eat. So if you uh, hunt them and kill them and cook their intestines, you will have you, yam you, sausage. You you put them straight onto your fire. Fire, yeah. Yam sausages. And I'm like, but as then, you're dying, these are your last but what, words. But what did he then say? What were his actual last words? Um, I wish... I could have eaten it with you. Yeah. So, again, ties into that connection to how eating with somebody and how important the respect is surrounding food and the ritual of eating on your own and with others. It, like, really nailed home the whole point of the film. Mm -hmm. Um. So I think I got the point of the film, but tying all the little pieces and strings together is the real joy of watching Tampopo. That's what I'd say. It was a crazy motherfucking film. I'm glad you... But I'm, I enjoyed it so much. Yeah, I'm, because I'm glad. Not only is food one of my... Dear to your heart. Yeah, it's very dear to my heart. This is also a... Um, I feel like it hit your sensibility a lot of the time. You know how a you Japanese film or a Chinese film? I think this is Japanese. Japanese. Yeah. Well, I'm really into the whole Chinese and Japanese culture. So mm. again, that's another plus for me because I I do like the way that they um, they have their own little rituals. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, there's that's what I was saying. There's a whole element of respect and discipline that is absent in our culture. Um, are those your closing thoughts? Yeah, definitely. My, I mean, my closing thoughts are: I need to watch that fucking film again. And uh, I would. I, I mean, I feel like we both need to. Yeah, may, maybe. You know, I quite like the idea of there's a few podcasters and YouTubers do this. You know, they'll get like 500 episodes in and then they'll start going back and giving a relook to things they spoke about in earlier episodes because so much time has passed that their views and changed. Yeah, and what we can do is we won't look at our old podcasts. Podcasts, see how we feel about it. Yeah, we'll yeah, just dive straight we'll in. See, yeah, yeah, see yeah. What, see how we feel about it on the second viewing. And then, like... It'll be interesting to compare the two. Yeah. So, mm. like, you can... You can re... Well, we can re-watch it and re-watch the 
podcast we did and then sort of like put it into the video. But we've got to get some more under our belt before we think about doing that. Yeah. So this is number 28. 28. Closing up. That's right. Any closing thoughts, Martin? Wise words for the people. I need to eat ramen. (laughs) Ramen noodles. No, just ramen. Noodles, noodles. No, not noodles, <laughs> noodles. Just noodles, bro. <laughs> I, wa- I want to go to Japan and eat something like that. I feel like it would be one of the, the best experiences of my life. Keep dreaming, sweet cheeks. Um, thank you so much for listening to it. It's not thank that you deep, very bro. Much. We will be back next Look, week for episode 29. Up. Hit us up. Listen to Martin. All the usual social medias. You know, we got Instagram, we got YouTube, we got Spotify, Apple Music. We even got a website, MIPLTD.org. You know if it. If you want the YouTube, MIPLTD. You can search Oland. Don't just search Martin because you'll get like Martin Luther King speeches, but you can search Martin Diverge (laughs) and Oland and yeah, you'll get it. But M-I-P-L-T-D, that's Mm -hmm. the easiest way to find us. If you've got any comments on the film, if you've already watched it and you want to share your thoughts with us, please leave them in the comment section below or wherever it is, to be honest. Um, Let's leave these good people, Martin, without state our welcome. <laughs> it's like we are their house. <laughs> <laughs> we are. We're in their ears, man. <laughs> we need to get out their heads. Fair enough. Peace. Until next time. Peace.